we're going to talk about cerebral palsy today with with Melissa and we're doing we're doing this basically just to get as much information out there as possible in terms of getting the public and people to understand like what your life is like okay by the way um so so first just let's just start by just telling me tell me tell us a little bit about you like where are you from your education i know we've talked about that before when you know when you were here as a patient when you were torturing me yes oh she was benefit she was a she she has been a patient here at the the clinic many times so where like where are you from i am from indiana originally fort wayne and how you lived there how long um, until college, well, I went to college in Charlottesville at UVA. UVA. That was an interesting experience. So first, first myth we wanted to spell here is that CP or cerebral palsy, you know, if you see, if you see somebody with CP, I think a lot of people automatically assume like, oh, they're mentally affected yes. by this. You can, I mean, you guys can hopefully hear by the way that we're talking here. I mean, you could not tell by listening to both of us talk, who has CP and who doesn't. Yes, although I do have some friends and uh, a cousin who are differently affected by mm. CP than I am. That's one of the challenges, is that it's CP is like this umbrella term mm-hmm. for brain damage that happens either before you're born, during the birth process or right after you're born. Gotcha. And now, what with all the cool tests and machines and stuff, doctors can predict if a child is going to have... Can they, can they prevent it now? Or is it... No. Or, so it's more just a predictor. It's a... In premature births that have certain complications, I think what they do right after the baby's born... And I know this because a college friend had um, serious complications, and uh, she asked me via email what my MRI looked like. And because they had done an MRI when her daughter was born severely prematurely after, when, like what year was she born? Uh, she was she's nine. Okay, so yeah, that's, that's well, a, there's but, a big difference. And me being. Not even... You were born in what? I was born in 1975. Okay. Yeah. It's like they did not have MRIs. They didn't, but I even emailed just sort of automatically, and my mom's like, uh, they didn't have machine... And I was like, oh, of course they didn't. Moving on. Yeah, that's... Uh, So 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 basically nowadays, there's much better mechanisms for predicting... Or identifying or ide- the kind or of problems this. that you might yeah. have. And CP is like way, it, it, it is a large umbrella term. You'll see people that have normal voice, normal eyes. I've yeah. seen some people with CP who they can't focus their eyes that well. Yeah, so my cousin is like that. She yeah. has the glasses. But I also have another friend who is affected only on one side, who walks a little bit off her gait is a little off but she is she's she yeah. drives and other gotcha. than so it's her, a huge there's a huge yeah. variability yeah. we you know we see a, a certain number of cp patients in here and i've seen a couple that i saw one guy that just had it in his arm on one he was i want to say he was uh, spastic in one arm 
his legs were fine. Lucky. Yeah. So I mean, there's a massive. Yeah, stuff I taught that goes a student who was hemiplegic, just right. his legs, but he could still play baseball. Hmm. And I met somebody else. Uh, I taught for a while at Fairfax County Schools. I'm not working right now, but when I was teaching, I met someone who was also hemiplegic, but he worked for the State Department and went overseas and did, uh, you know, desert and desert kind of training and weapon okay. stuff. Okay, so like, so, yeah. so phys physically speaking, high high functioning. Yeah, um, high functioning enough. So, so it's a wide range. We know, and they're also, correct me if I'm wrong, like they're, you get some people with CP who are like super stiff, and you get some people with CP who are spastic, meaning, you know, the you know if someone's stiff, I think they have normal reflexes, and if someone's spastic, they kind of have a, that, that's kind of more like the neural tone aspect of it, where that's really that's much harder to treat or to, or to change per se. That if somebody has like a spastic hemiplegia, stiffness from what I, from what I think is, is maybe more of a function of you being in a certain position all the time. Oh, yeah. I, and unfortunately for me, because the easiest way, although I can walk um, when, I'm, when I feel like it and when I know my environment, I can walk without crutches, although I use them um, right. because it's safer. I, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you, she she came over here just for the listener. She came over here today in, in her chair, which is pretty so awesome. It is. It's a pretty cool chair. I, I, wish we, I wish we could. I wish we could. I wish we could show it. Yeah. And it goes up and down. The technology is way better than it uh, used to be. And I might even get a fancier one. Hmm. I hear, depending on. The and those things, how much do they go for? I don't even want to ask. This one was only four thousand. Okay, four thousand. This That's one. Like, I mean, that the, one looks like it's. This one is the um, this one is the top of the this is like the step below being custom measured and considering gotcha. what kind of seat cushion you need. So and once that kind once of again, thing. there's a huge variability. So the, yeah. the take home message here is that CP has a massive variability in how the people move, whether they're whether they're motor affected, how much they're motor affected. Yeah. Whether they're psychologically affected by it in terms of in terms of intellectual capacity, yeah, learning. Um, I get stiffness from sitting in the chair, unfortunately. Yeah. So that that's sort a, of messes with the spasticity yeah. as well. Totally want to talk about that. So when I so when I worked in the special school district in Chicago, that's that was for I did I did a stint with that while I was doing my internships. Oh, cool. Um, they, there was a big CP population so that then yeah. we were there to deliver physical therapy services to children that needed it, it was yes. mostly cp and the first and what age it was, was like, it like anywhere, elementary yeah, school? It, was, it was like elementary school it's because you're we had i went to catholic school but i had physical therapy all the way through elementary school, i think it has to be offered like during school yeah. and well one of, one of the things that we did when the kids came in the morning the first thing that we did is we put them all on the floor. Yeah, take them out of their take chairs. them out of their chair, and and this is and, and this kind of gets into the whole whether your muscles are spastic or stiff. If you sit in, I heard a lecturer say once, and I thought this was totally interesting. I thought about it, and I thought it'd be interesting to bring up here. There was a guy lecturing about about uh, muscle stiffness, and he used cerebral palsy as an example. Okay. He said a lot of people that have CP 
that have that stiffness where their joints look contracted and like the elbows bent and the wrist is folded or, or they're, they're forward flexed. He said a lot of that is beca not because their body's putting them in that way. It's because their form follows function. They're sitting in a chair all day. Yeah. So if you if, if if I sat in a chair all day, his point was if I sat in a chair all day, I would eventually look like the chair as well. Yeah. And if and you're if you're stiff, then yeah. just it makes total sense to put them on the floor. Well, and the only reason that I can tell the difference between what is spasticity in my case and what is from being in the chair is that I didn't start using. Um, a mobility device like except for amusement parks and stuff nice benefit there getting to go <laughs> cut the exit lines and things nice. that's, that's not a, a myth it's true um well well you know what yeah <laughs> you at least deserve that and you get to ride twice because it's such a pain in the butt <laughs> to get in and to out get, the ride. to help the person get in and out but Dang, so I, 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 didn't, I know today. so i didn't use a mobility device for getting around until I was in college and I even was stubborn enough to so you were totally just yeah and I rejected my crutches at about I don't remember whenever my mom would stop bothering me about um, we went from crutches to canes and I would just carry them around so uh, my mom's like fine just don't so ne that. next question here how often how often did you fall, and how often do you fall now? If you're if you're uh, if you're trying to walk well, around, if you're out of the chair. Yeah, I was in the high school yearbook. We I graduated with a class of like 108, mm -hmm. and so everybody probably knew everybody's business. Everybody did know everybody's business, and yeah. maybe you went to elementary school with like 30 people in your mm -hmm. class. Um, we had a poem that uh, somebody wrote that. Uh, included a characteristic of every person, and I, I don't know where this is going. No, I'm in that <laughs> poem for my iced elbows. Because okay, so you because you've I always... would fall. I don't know. I mean, I there are a couple of sort of humiliating ones, like I tripped at a. I was the Rotary person of the month or something, and I tripped at the buffet and. Okay. And I mean, there there are embarrassing ones that I remember, but I also remember falling, landing, getting up, taking Advil or whatever they had in 1991, and being given huge bags of ice that somebody carried to my next class. I can remember sitting in geometry or algebra two with. Um, bags of ice on the desk where I would just so you, so bend my and I fell enough for that to be the characteristic or at least I did in my senior is, year. The difference is now, now that you're not a teenager <laughs> and then hopefully people, you know, can, can appreciate. Like I'm in my, I'm in my 40s. As I, am I. I do not want to fall. Like if yeah. you fall, you, you break shit. At, the, at this point, our, bo and, our bones are more brittle. Tendon strength is not as good, so I mean it's a big when it, when a fifteen year old falls, it's uh, I don't want to say it's fun for you because I'm sure it never was. It never was, but, but, but I never thought about yes. the consequences to my you body. Fall, we fall now. It's like you can't. And deal a lot with it of as easily. the problems that I started having in graduate school, like in my early twenties, and then have flared up over time when I was. Uh, a teenager, 
and even into like 2021, the orthopedists at the practice that I went to from birth, um, they would tell me I had a four digit patient number and they were up to like nine digit file numbers. But mine, because I'd gone to the same so orthopedic long. practice, was four digits. Sorry, repeat business. Uh, yeah, repeat it business. was, definitely. Can you get on the floor? I mean, how, how easy is, or difficult is it for you? Let, let's say if you were to use just lying on the floor trying to lie flat as a means of stretching out any stiffness that you had. That you have is that hard, is that really hard to do? I mean, does your husband have to help you do that? No, or, I can I can do it by myself. Um, not I mean, I imagine not everybody it's, with CPK. It's sort of not. No, I I wouldn't think so. Um, it's it's not probably the physical therapist prescribed way. Um, recently, I got a lot of diagrams mm -hmm. on you know the the safest the best thing to do. I did practice actually. I remember in uh, like late middle school, getting up from the floor properly, like working to put my foot, to have my knee bent to 90 degrees and have one leg help me push up. Um, but now it's more of uh, what do I grab onto and I like slowly lower myself. Gotcha. So it gets, uh, it's getting, it, it obviously gets harder and harder. Just as, it, it does. Just as yeah. doing stuff with anybody, like any person who has no motor issues. Sure. It, it's hard for you. It's, it's just, like way, it's like way harder. I have harder. this pre-existing yeah, stuff. Like the, the, the problems that I, I have, I learned, uh, and I don't play any sports, although I, I, I know friends who play wheelchair basketball or power soccer, mm -hmm. um, soccer in electric wheelchairs. And I don't play any sports. I never have. I'm a, but you are a I'm killer. A you are a killer karaoke singer. Yes, I told. sing. Uh, you know, cool. chatting in front of a microphone is not generally a problem. I talk <laughs> a lot. Yeah, but I'm not a sports person. My point being that I discovered that I had, at the age of 22, tennis elbow, tennis elbow or the equivalent thereof, mm -hmm. golfer's elbow, and impingement in both of my shoulders, which was described to me at the time as what 50-year-old men get from playing too much golf or tennis. Yes, I think you had a lot, which your answer must have been, well, and I, I just, don't fit in the and head I, of well, And of course, and, and luckily, the, the doctor, the physiatrist who diagnosed me knew perfectly well that I didn't fit into those categories, but there was a shift between the orthopedist being all impressed about how mobile I was, or when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, and the results when they did some repeats of surgeries they had done. That's a, I'm glad you mentioned that. What have you had done surgically to that you know the doctors have felt or you know that is generally yeah generally speaking is supposed to be helpful for for like spastic type um i have care. had at least and maybe what they thought was helpful in in 1979 when i was 4 and had my first surgery is not what they do now um but i've had both of my achilles tendons released which I guess and they were like lengthened. lengthened. Yeah. Yes, I have a ridiculously long scar that yeah. I wonder now, having had other surgeries, man, do they really need yeah. to? And yeah. what and what we mean by lengthening of tendons or having them released? So if if someone if certain muscles in your leg were spastic, it could take your it could take your toes 
and your foot and pull everything down. And yeah. if it does if it does that really aggressively and it's yeah. not stretchable, you you just walking is not an and, option. Well, or they don't want you to for me because I was getting around. I didn't walk with crutches until I was 5. Um I got around well enough. I have seen pictures of myself with saw horses. Can't imagine my four-year-old self lifting them, but okay. so yeah, they released the Achilles tendons so that to discourage me from walking on my toes. And when I was the year I was eight, I had one surgery in the winter and one in the spring. Um, and my mom told me the reason for I had both of my hamstrings released. They did it very near my backside. Mm -hmm. That was not a fun uh, experience. It was over Christmas break, so I had stitches in my behind. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yes. And I had to, I remember laying under my grandmother's coffee table so that the dog wouldn't, like, come and step on me or whatever. <laughs> uh, but they lengthened my hamstrings okay. up near my backside. Any other surgeries? Yeah. Well, they basically... And then... That same year, they did that, my mom said, because I couldn't lift my leg to get into the car. Like, my okay. leg was too straight. I couldn't bend enough to get into a, the seat of a car. So they did those. And then the same year, thinking, this is the way to go, to prevent my feet from rolling into the wrong position, they fused a bone in my ankle using parts of my tibias okay. uh, so like a, they use like a plug or they use it as like a pin yes almost yeah and so those are basically the the classic two yeah um are those still done uh or some I mean, well or some modification of that i'm wondering the hamstring release is definitely or at least god i'm old as well i didn't know i'm in my 40s that doesn't mean old uh when I was in college, I started having knee pain, and the orthopedist I saw then looked at the ham and he said, first thing he said is, well, why did they release your hamstring so close to your butt? Mm. And I said, I don't know, they just, I was eight. And so he released, first difference, he did one leg at a time, because being 20, he said, if I did them both, you wouldn't recover. Yeah, and yeah. Um, what... He released them and behind my knee and transferred part of a quad muscle, I believe, into the spot huh. where they released it. They so called this, it the rectus femoris transfer. Gotcha. So this, I imagine, some of the some of these surgeries are kind of uh, they're made specifically, or, or they're done specifically for whatever you know, wherever you're more spastic. Yeah. So it's not, or whatever's I, I don't think this is. But now cut. they. This is not. Well, there's. I was 15 when the. What do they call it? A dorsal, a spinal dorsal rhizotomy. Okay. Became available, and it involves. I don't know what rhizotomy actually means, but it involves nerve nerve cutting or moving I would assume that it's that it's that it's used at least in some capacity to try to lessen some of the spasticity or the tone. My friend with the nine year old. Yeah. Um that was the first thing she had done. 
at the age right. of so three or four. So, there, so that there is, is a, new stuff. There's new stuff there's, coming. There's out. new stuff. I mean, that's in, that's really interesting. I'd actually like to see what like what the and functional I'm, outcomes yeah, are for that. I, um, I think it made a huge difference. I don't think that my friend's daughter has had. I know that she's had a couple other surgeries, but I don't think she's had her hamstrings released. Gotcha. It was kind of decided when the surgery came on the scene that I didn't have enough. I was doing well and uh, I was moving around and there's really no reason to mess with it. Although I believe a couple people who were my age, 14, 15 at the time that it came out, um, had it done in their late teens. Gotcha. So that's kind of a standard if you have a certain level of tone. Because right. spinal cord and whatever, that's kind of a... Alright, other other questions here. These are kind of a little, you know, since we've talked about... Oh, they do Botox too. Oh yeah, well, we should yeah. probably talk about that for a minute too. I mean, they, you, yeah. you hear like the baclofen pumps or the, or the Botox yeah. or other drugs that can be administered via pumps? Yeah, I've taken baclofen as a pill. Yeah. Um, All right, so there are different ways of taking it. There I, are, I but have the, seen but the CP standard, patients. The standard way, I guess, is uh, like in a pump, like uh, I guess like a diabetic would get an insulin yeah, pump. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I definitely have seen those. And that's to try uh, to lessen the spastic nature of, of, the, of the muscles. And my cousin, who is, I was 13 when she was born, uh, my cousin had a lot of success with that or got a lot of that. I have not yet ever had any, um, or I had one, I had one once and it was completely ineffective right. basically because they were trying to fix the wrong thing gotcha. at the time. Um, all right, so other questions here. I'll try to try to lighten it up. Yeah. What's the dumbest thing that anyone has ever said to you? Oh my gosh. In, pu in public about, you know, just like ignorance about CP or, so, or some, well, something that someone has said that pissed, that pissed you off. Uh, and of course, when it pisses you off, you really can't tell them in public because <laughs> uh, often, well, the two that come to mind were, are one, when I was walking more as I was attempting to walk from my car in the parking lot into what would be an epically long all faculty high school meeting at about like 1230. I you were a te you were a teacher. I was teaching, okay. and I was uh, carrying McDonald's. Okay. This is relevant because I lost the entire Diet Coke onto my dress. Okay, it was January-ish, so I also fell. I probably lost my balance because I was carrying too much, uh, but I don't remember the exact reason. But I fell into a rather large and icy and slushy puddle, and there was some renovation going on at the high school and this gentleman came over to help me up which was really good because I was in a puddle and I was all wet and I was really January yeah, right. I've, I, got, I've yeah, got the picture right, in my head picture. so he he didn't ask like he knew I needed to get vertical again mm -hmm. but he didn't ask maybe what was the best way to help me which people do more these days um, he just kind of grabbed me under one shoulder and said, Man, you're harder to lift than my mother-in-law in a nursing home. <laughs> nice. And I was All right. like, oh, nice. cool. Uh, my favorite 
my favorite thing that's happened to me recently in the last couple of years was getting off of a train I had gone to happy hour. I was just like, hey, I'm going to be able to get home and not have anything spin around or whatever. This one. You're getting I, onto the metro. The, I'm getting onto the metro elevator and someone about like 19-ish is holding the door for me. And I turned my chair around so I can easily get out. And she said, I've always wanted to ask one of you people, and I sort of held my breath, and there was no pause. I'm just narrating in here. Uh -huh. uh, how do you put your jeans on? And I thought, <laughs> and she, she was saying? very sincere, although, you know, I mean, she. this was like the, like the meaning of life sort of was the, and I was like, okay, I don't think she's going to get it if I say just like one leg at a time, just like everybody else, because I don't think that's That is gonna... a weird question. Kind of that's a weird question to ask. Uh, it's ridiculously yeah. weird, as is what I finally answered her as we rolled out. I guess, I don't know at what point in the elevator, but I'm sitting there, and, I'm, and I said, I'm not going to tell her that I'm not usually sitting in the chair if I'm not if I'm getting dressed, and all I said was, spandex helps, and her face lit up, and she was just like, and I texted like 17 people on my way home, every response was, are you kidding me? That's funny. Which is usually when I tell stories like this. So they stopped. They've stopped asking me that by now because really I can't make. Ne so stuff so up. next question about mobility. Like how yeah. do you? Uh, I'm I'm asking this purely like uh, you know as a clinical as a clinical question. You're married. Obviously, mobility is a huge issue with you. How do you and your husband deal with that? Like in terms of, in terms of sex, in terms of and like and like all the. Like daily stuff that you that you do. I mean, how did how does it work? Um, well, you can say as much or as little as you want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because the muscles in my the pelvic area and mm -hmm. o over my hips are ridiculously tight or spastic, however you want to say. And before being married, I sort of learned that having sex was almost the equivalent to a really, really good physical therapy session because, you know... You're being you, stretched. Uh, yes, you are. And, I mean, I guess when I was five, I rode horses to do that. And, and uh, now it's more like whatever seems to work at the time. Um, it's sometimes been... I wasn't always married. I mean, it's not like I've had a bunch of uh, sex or whatever. Flings. Fling. Well, okay, we don't need to, <laughs> never mind. There was this thing with a stripper pole. It was exceptionally mobile. I don't even want to know about I that. I know you really do, but it's not appropriate <laughs> to the podcast. This is PG-13. Yes. No, it was, I was fully clothed and there okay. was no other person involved. Right. But I had. there was a period in my adult life about 10 years ago when I was ridiculously mobile. Thank you, Adderall. Okay. I don't know why. But I learned that the gentleman can adapt. Okay. And I guess from this is good. This is good information. And so once I learned 
thankfully with the first partner I had that who was older than I was and thus more experienced, uh, he would just pick my legs up if I couldn't, it, I was younger enough that, you know, I was more mobile, but so that I knew which, I knew which positions were helpful. That's so, so fine. Ask your other So, fi- you well, final, final thoughts here. Like, what, and that was very, that was very helpful, that information, by the way. That's stuff that, like, I'm sure most people don't want to talk about. So, thank you for doing that. What else would you want people who don't know you, who like, who like see you on the street or interact with you for the first time? What do you want them to know? You know what I mean? Because people are, people are stupid. When they, when they see yeah, someone, when they yeah. see someone who doesn't look or act like them, they start acting in weird. They act in weird ways towards that person, or or ways that are that they may seem, they may yeah. think might be appropriate, but they're totally. But it's but it's you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, So exactly. what, what would you want someone? To, what would you want someone to know about you? Well, I guess there are two contexts. One would be like an everyday person on the street. Uh, Take so, your pick. Uh, hmm. An everyday person on the street, I can give you an example from when I was rolling to the metro to come to the clinic here. Mm. It's baseball day. I live closest to the Navy Yard, and one of the elevators, the one farthest from the baseball stadium, is uh, getting modernized. The baseball stadium one is not. So I had to go through the crowds, and I'm in the crosswalk, and there's an ambulatory person not looking at me, but she's pulling out her phone, and I can just see... Now, you can attest, myself and straight lines, as in walking in them, Mm -hmm. drawing them, whatever, that's pretty difficult for me. Uh, But I could sense somehow that she wasn't going to continue in her completely straight path all the way. And as we neared the curb cut, she was still, I'm sure she was figuring out like where the person or people was that were that she was meeting. Mm Mm-hmm. She changed just the little bit, and I was the one who had to stop to avoid a collision. Did she see you, or was she? No, was she, she, so she, she was, was totally we, on her phone. Yeah, we started out almost abreast. She was maybe one step in front of me, but she wasn't looking around to see that there was another person mm-hmm. in a wheelchair or not about right next to her that who would use the. The ramp, the curb. So what you're saying is be time. more be be more aware of your surroundings, especially like people people who are, who do not have fantastic mobility. If your if your head is in your phone, yeah, you're kind of asking for trouble. Or and you can bleep this out. Or just get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> so, yeah. I think we got the material we need. I think. We, Thank I think you very much. You're welcome. I, I appreciate you opening up about this. And if you see Melissa coming down the street. Get out of her way. Please. All right. And thank you in advance. (laughs) Thanks again.